All right, welcome, Christian Israel, white nationalists, patriots everywhere, anybody who's opposed to the Jew world order and everything Jewish, because we know the Jews are Satan's chosen people and are in full mode trying to destroy our race, the true Israel race, the Aryan Saxon race. Of course, we talked about the prophecy that in Isaac shall thy seed be called this morning on Bloodlines, and uh, I haven't posted that yet on the website, but we'll do so shortly after today, this show. And uh, continuing our you know, expose of the fact that the uh, globalists, the Mystery Babylon, the international bankers are Edomites, Canaanites, and Khazars pretending to be Israel, and they're the ones causing the havoc around the world today, causing us to be economic slaves. And it's simply amazing how few people realize that the banking system has enslaved them. Yes, merry, 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 <laughs> merry, happy day today to you all. Okay, so uh, no Pastor Martins yet. I've been trying to get a hold of him on Skype and on his cell phone. But no answer on either uh, type of communication. But uh, I already put a link into the chat room of the article we're going to be talking about today, Esau Today. And it's really encouraging that many, many people are beginning to get the idea, beginning to understand that Esau is the Jewish people. And that includes, of course, the Ashkenazi Jews who have a fair amount of uh, Hittite blood, and Esau married into he married two Hittite women, didn't he? And they migrated up to oh, Mount Hermon, Mount, that territory of Mount Hermon, where the fallen angels came down <laughs> from heaven and landed on the earth, and that and begot children with Adamic women, as is revealed in chapter six of Genesis. Another aspect of scripture that the vast majority of Judeo-Christian denominations utterly ignore. Some get into it, some don't, but they don't follow through. Well, I mean, are these children of the Nephilim still here? Of course they are. The, The flood was not global. We're clearly told in the book of Jasher that many of them made their escape. And uh, we, we just uncovered a the city of Jericho. Uh, the, the archaeologists have dug deeper and deeper and deeper into the tower. There was a tower in the city of Jericho. It's been dated to about 10,000 B.C. So that, that city survived the flood. So did all of Egypt survive the flood because it wasn't a global flood. The deluge was global, but the flood was not. And that's how, and then you see, you find all these uh, children of of Cain, the Kenites, in in Canaan land. Uh, well, well after the flood. So, yeah, all right, Brother Heber says, the logo of Par- Paramount with all the stars and the mountain is Mount Hermon. Very interesting. Yeah, the Nephilim Basketball League. Yeah, yeah no wonder they can make those easy baskets. They're giants, right? <laughs> I say Merry Christmas. We celebrate the conception, the arrival of Christ. Thank you very much. Seven or nine, I got you. Got you. Got got you. Got you. Got you. Yeah, because it's not necessarily a pagan holiday. We, we can claim Christmas as the conception day. Happy conception day, because nine months later would be right around September 29th, the well-accepted date for the birth of Christ in antiquity. Because he had to have been born in the fall. The shepherds were not keeping sheep in the cold and dead of winter. And, uh, you know, he was actually he was actually about a year and something old when the, uh, when the wise men, the uh, Parthian wise men, actually visited him. So, uh, you know, they, they've got the history all wrong. Of course, this is invented by the Catholic Church. And so what can we expect? <laughs> a Catholic priest is nothing but a, uh, a Pharisee created by the Pope, right? They teach, they make up all kinds 
Brittany Griner. Oh, Brittany Griner. She's the it. It is the basketball player that uh, was imprisoned overseas in China, maybe, for cheating. <laughs> I guess for cheating. Right. If you if you're a man pretending to be a woman, you're a cheater. Right. That's the way it works, folks. At least that's the way it should work. But we have all kinds of fraud. It's amazing that the fraud has gotten into the sports world where a physical male can pretend to be a woman and then get all kinds of decorations and maybe win prizes while he's still a biological male. It's ridiculous. But the world is ridiculous today. It is bizarro, bizarro ridiculous. So, but let's get into this article here from Esau Today. And uh, for those who are just listening and would like to get the website here, it's esau.today forward slash esau-is-edom forward slash. Okay, so you can just look up Esau is Edom or Esau Today. That website is easy enough to find. Okay. And it quotes at the top of this website, Jacob shall be a fire, and the house of Joseph a flame, and the house of Esau for stubble. Actually, I think that quote is incorrect. Shouldn't it be Jacob, I mean Judah shall be a fire, and the house of Joseph a flame? I think that's the correct rendition. Maybe somebody can look that up for me. I I can uh, also open my e-sword. But uh, reading through this, and if Pastor uh, Martin's calls in the interim, you know, we'll, we'll take a break from this because uh, I had asked him the question after the show last week uh, if he could provide clarification of the idea that there's two white races in South Africa and who made that quote and what did he actually mean by it. It may not be actually a very good a description of what's going on down there. But we'll leave that for next time we talk to Pastor Martins. In the meantime, and uh, looking in this article as well, although people are waking up to the Jewish question, and uh, I've been watching numerous sites and numerous reports how Jews are beginning to feel uncomfortable wherever they are in the world, in France, in England, other places, because they're starting to experience more anti, well, of course, they're not Shemites, anti-Hittitism. <laughs> they're experiencing more anti-Hittitism wherever they are. And it's because people are beginning to figure this out. The international bankers are all Jews, the heads of all these evil corporations are Jews, with the possible exception of Elon Musk. And he's a quandary wrapped inside of Enigma. But uh, I just heard he's giving up uh, his ownership of Twitter. So that's going to go back into pro-Jewish hands. And uh, by the way, folks, the uh, electric car market is collapsing. The, uh, the people who are supposed to be selling them at the dealerships are just getting tired of all the problems and they have to upgrade their facilities to include and hire mechanics who are good at repairing electric vehicles. And it's just not working. So if you do have an electric vehicle, uh, keep it keep it around for short trips around town. But uh, you're not going to, it's not going to be a viable alternative ever. It's just, too bulky, the batteries are too heavy, they're dangerous. If you let them get too low on charge, the chemical composition of the battery changes and it actually eats through the housing of the battery, folks. It has all kinds of problems. But, and this article has a few problems, not too many, but for the most part, it is right on the money talking about Edom and Idumea being Judah. I mean, I'm sorry, <laughs> oh, that got me confused, being, first of all, Judea, and then the Jews, okay, because this is where the impersonation of Judah began in Judea, by these Herodian 
Idumean Edomites. Okay, so the title of the article is The Absorption of Edom slash Idumea into Judea is recorded by Josephus and Strabo. Now, if I remember correctly, Strabo is actually a Germanic scribe, but uh, we'll find out uh, pretty quick uh, which he is. Anti-serpentism, there you go. (laughs) Yeah, that that quote is from Obadiah, and uh, I'm pretty sure it says Judah and Joseph, not Jacob and Joseph. So let me take a quick, uh, that should be easy enough to find. Obadiah, and of course Obadiah is a, a, a total pronounce, a pronunciation of the demise of Esau. Obadiah is a prophecy of the demise of Esau, and it, it's not telling us how great Esau is, <laughs> right? It's not telling us about the, the greatness of the Jews is t- telling us how evil they are. And actually, he even mentions Sepharad. Okay? Sepharad. Uh, we, we've been telling you that the Edomites, the original uh, Babylonian Jews, came from Sephar. Sepharad, which is a suburb of Babylon. And they took the place of the departing or departed Israelites that were taken away by the Assyrians. And the Assyrians moved these Babylonians, the Sephardim, into the, that territory. And they, along with the existing Edomites, did everything to harass and hurt the, the, uh, the Israelites, the Judahites, who had came, come back from the Babylonian captivity. So, uh, yeah, But there are so many condemnations of the Edomites in the Old Testament Virtually every prophet, virtually every prophet has stated that the uh, Edom will be destroyed. Yeah, it is It is Jacob, so they have it correct. Uh, Obadiah 118. And the house of Jacob shall be a fire, and the house of Joseph a flame, and the house of Esau for stubble, and they shall kindle in them and devour them, and there shall not be any remaining of the house of Esau, for Yahweh hath spoken it. Okay, I've never heard a single Judeo-Christian pastor quote that passage. Most of them have no idea who the Edomites are. But let's get into the article here. Hyrcanus took also Dora and Marissa, cities of Idumea, and subdued all the Idumeans, sick modern-day Jews, very good, and permitted them to stay in that country if they would circumcise their genital and make use of the laws of the Judahites, really, because the Judeans, per se, were a mixed-race bunch of people. It could only mean Judah, the law of Judah. It was never called Judea in the Old Testament, except for one occasion, very late in Scripture, just before the intertestamental period. And the laws of Judah or the laws of Israel, not Judeans. And they were so desirous of living in the country of their forefathers that they submitted to the use of circumcision. And of the rest of the Jewish or Judean ways of living, and that would be correct, Judean ways of living, because the Edomites never practiced Torah. They never practiced Torah at all. But the the homeland, uh, they, they claim it to be their homeland, But they were living in that territory after the Judahites left and were taken into the Babylonian captivity, and they also entered Samaria. So, yeah, they could say that uh, this was part of their homeland, and they reveled in that territory when the Israelites left and when the Judahites left. Okay? So, but it's not really their forefathers. Of course, this is Josephus speaking, and uh, he says... He calls it their homeland, and that really wasn't the case. All right, that they submitted to the use of circumcision and the rest of the Judean or Judahite ways of living. So John Hyrcanus was the one who compelled them to be circumcised. 
he was a pure-blooded Judahite, but he was also violating Yahweh's law when he incorporated these Edomites into the land of Judea. This was the beginning of the demise of the house of Judah in Judea. Continuing, At which time, therefore, this befell them, that they were hereafter no other than Judeans. Okay, yes, that's correct. They should be there called Judeans. And this is from the Antiquities of the Judahites by Flavius Josephus, Book 13, Chapter 9, Section 1, and uh, gives the site of the archive. But you can you can go online and find the works of Josephus for free. Continuing, the western extremities of Judea towards Cassius are occupied by Adumeans, modern-day Jews, and by the lake, Serbonus. And by the lake, I said they live by the lake, Serbonus. The Adumeans are Nabataeans. When driven from, now of course this is another outside source, the Nabataeans were a subgroup of Idumea, and sometimes that area, Nabatea, was inhabited by Arabs, sometimes it was inhabited by Edomites. The Arabs and the Edomites were enemies too. When driven from their country by sedition, they passed over to the Judeans and adopted their customs. The greater part of the country along the coast to Jerusalem is occupied by the by the Lake Serbonus and by the tract contiguous to it. For Jerusalem is near the sea, which, as we have said, whoops, <laughs> sorry, my, my page skipped on me, near the sea, which, as we have said, may be seen from the arsenal of Joppa. These districts of Jerusalem and Joppa lie towards the north. They are inhabited generally, and each place in particular, by mixed tribes of Egyptians. Arabians, and Phoenicians. Of this description are the inhabitants of Galilee, of the plain of Jericho, and of the territories of Philadelphia and Samaria, surnamed Sabaste by Herod. But although there is a mixture of inhabitants, the report most credited, one among many things believed respecting the temple and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, is that the Egyptians were the ancestors of the present Judeans. Well, okay, so Strabo, this is from the Geography of Strabo, Volume 3, Book 16, and he's recounting, he heard that maybe these Judeans came from Egypt. Well, yeah, Israel came from Egypt, there's no doubt, (laughs) right? Because they were slaves in Egypt. So he's conflating, he's shortening the history as he understands it, all right? So, scrolling down to November 23, 2017, by Esoteric Nus, he calls himself. Esau is Edom. Edom is modern Jewry, and that is absolutely correct. Esau was Jacob's brother. Although he was the firstborn, he did not inherit the birthright. Esau didn't even care about it. He sold it to Jacob for a mere pot of red soup, lentil soup. The descendants of Jacob, later renamed Israel, are white peoples as we know it today. The Anglo-Saxons, Celtic, Germanics, Slavic, you name it, white people of today. The descendants of Esau, whom God despised, are today's Jews. They are Esau today. This article will break down how we can prove this beyond a shadow of a doubt. While the Jews are descendants of Esau, who was born white, he violated the laws of God and took foreign wives, namely Hittite and Hivite women. He race-mixed all Adamic blood out of his progeny. <laughs> yeah, there's very little white blood left in any descendant of Esau. And that's true of the Ashkenazim as well. While the Jews of today are Esau-Edom, they are descendants of many other foreign nations mixed with mixed blood, nations that God said were cursed, all dating back to Cain, and ultimately the adversary, that old dragon, Satan. Jews of today are not a pure race. They are an amalgamation of the mixed multitude. 
They claimed to be descendants of Judah, but are not. They merely lived in the land of Judea at that time, and because of their massive influence, have been able to convince most people that they are the people of the Old Testament. They aren't. Here is some of that proof. Now, this is a very small type, so I'm going to have to struggle through this next one here. But uh, absolutely, every sentence in this last paragraph is 100% correct. The Jewish people have, at this late date in history, even at the time of Herod, they had no Israelite blood in them at all. And the Judahites of Judea knew it. They staged, uh, the women of Judea, of Judah, staged regular demonstrations against Herod and, and his followers because they understood that they were not Judahites. They were not Israelites. So, okay, I think this is just a, a recreation in, in very small print of the same uh, post that was on the very top of the page, so I'm not going to bother reading that. Yeah, okay. Fortunately, it was lar- in larger print in its first instance. Historians verify this fact. Josephus. Okay, so Hyrcanus took also Dora and Marissa, cities of Idumea, and subdued all the Idumeans and permitted them to stay in that country if they would circumcise their genitals and make use of the laws of the Judahites, because that was the Mosaic law, which the Judahites still observed. And they were so desirous of living in the country of their forefathers that they submitted to the use of circumcision. And of the rest of the Jewish uh, Judahite ways of living, at which time... Therefore, this befell them that they were hereafter no other than Judeans. And so they have that translation correct. Judean is the correct usage of the term here, not Jews. Because the word Jew really didn't come about until the mid-1700s or mid-1600s. It is, of course, an interpolation of the word Judah or Judahite which should never have been translated any other way than Judah or Judahite. Because we're talking about a pure race of people, you have to be a pure-blooded descendant of Judah to be called a Judahite. You can be any race whatsoever (laughs) to be called a Jew. Because the Israeli state itself states that the way they determine Jewishness is if your mother is Jewish, period. doesn't matter who your father is. As long as your mother is Jewish, you are a Jew. So that law does not come from Scripture, folks. Absolutely not, okay? That's a violation. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, Thank you, Bram. Uh, He's interjecting here. Uh, Greetings, Pastor Eli. Uh, Pastor David Martin told me to let you know that for two days he has been battling with his network. Please pardon his absence. Uh, Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Uh, but uh, hopefully, he can uh, next time he comes on, he can answer that question that we <laughs> we we had left a dangling participle last week as to who exactly are those two white races. Uh, so, okay, thank you, Bram. Yes, and uh, anti-serpentism. I like that, brother Abear. I like that. All right, let's get back to the article, which so far is very very good. The, the and it's it's very important, however that the word Jew always be given its correct translation whenever you see it in Scripture. In the Old Testament, it can mean nothing but Judah or Judahite. In the New Testament, because Judea, by the time uh, the days and Yashua, that Yahshua walked the earth, it was a mixed-race city, just like New York City today is a mixed-race city. And there were also traveling salespeople, mainly salesmen. I don't think there were saleswomen in those days at all. Who would go through uh, Jerusalem plying their wares from all over the place. Because Jerusalem was like a crossroad city from Egypt to Asia. So it was a major crossroad city. So you would find all kinds of people in Jerusalem. But 
None of these foreigners were allowed anywhere near the temple on pain of dirt, death. <laughs> Not pain of dirt. That's bad enough to be have to be dirt, meaning have nothing, <laughs> an absence of any good stuff. Is bad enough. Death is another thing altogether. All right. So that was from Book Thirteen, Chapter Nine, Paragraph One. All right, and they have several links here that uh, I really don't have time to get into. So it's worth checking these out. So then Strabo, they continue with Strabo. The western extremities of Judea towards Cassius are occupied by Idumeans and by the Lake Serbonus. The Idumeans are Nabataeans, he says. When driven from their country by sedition, they passed over to Judea and adopted their customs. The greater part of the country along the coast of Jerusalem is occupied by the Lake Serbonus. And I wonder if he means uh, Lake uh, the Galilee, if he means that by Serbonus. I'm not sure. But we read that already, so let's continue. Jewish sources. Quote, Edom is mentioned in the cuneiform inscriptions in the form of Udumi. Three of its kings are known from the same source, Kaus-Malaka, at the time of Tiglath-Pileser, around 745 B.C. Malak-Ramu, at the time of Sennacherib, 705 B.C., and Kaus-Gabri, at the time of Ezarhaddon, circa 680 B.C. According to the Egyptian inscriptions, the Aduma at times extended their possessions down as far as the borders of Egypt, uh, citing Müller in ASEAN and Europe, or Asia and Europe, page 135. After the conquest of Judah by the Babylonians, the Edomites were allowed to settle in southern Palestine. At the same time, they were driven by the Nabataeans from Idumea. In southern Palestine, they prospered for more than four centuries. Okay, so this is where these Idumeans get the idea that Judea was their homeland. Because they, as we said earlier, they swarmed in there after the Judahites were taken to the Babylonian captivity. And and the Babylonians swarmed in there when the northern house of Israel was taken into captivity. So this is the only way that they could possibly consider Judea their ancient homeland, and it's not that ancient either, (laughs) just a few hundred years. But during all this time, the Edomites were living very, very close to the land of Judah, to the south and west, where Edom existed, Idumea existed. Okay, so... At the same time, they were driven by the Nabataeans from Idumea. In southern Palestine, they prospered for more than four centuries. Judas Maccabeus conquered their territory for a time in a, uh, where, B.C. 163. They were again subdued by John Hyrcanus around 125 B.C., by whom they were forced to observe Judahite, that is, Mosaic, rites. And law. So these Edomites never did practice circumcision until they began impersonating Israel, or until the time that Hyrcanus forced it upon them. Okay? Of course, this is uh, being quoted from Josephus, who, you know, he, he doesn't make a distinction between Jews and Judahites unless he absolutely has to. And so. These rites were practiced by Judeans. By the time he wrote this, the Idumeans were practicing these rituals as well, but they weren't obeying them. <laughs> okay, They weren't obeying Torah, but they were practicing the rituals, put it that way. They were then incorporated with the Judean nation, and their country was called by the Greeks and Romans Idumea. And this is Mark 3, 8, Ptolemy Geography. So this is a secular source. With Antipater began the Idumean dynasty that ruled over Judea till its conquest by the Romans. Immediately before the siege of Jerusalem, 20,000 Idumeans, under the leadership of John, Simeon, 
Phineas and Jacob appeared before Jerusalem to fight in behalf of the zealots who were besieged in the temple. And that's Josephus, uh, quoting B.J. Uh, it's probably, uh, I don't know what the B.J. stands for, but it's chapter 4, or book 4, chapter 4, paragraph 5. Okay. This establishes that Edom is Idumea. And of course, we in Israel, true Israel, know that already. But this is the type of information that the world must absorb to understand what's happening today. You cannot understand what's happening today if you believe that the Jews are Israelites. <laughs> you will never understand history if you believe the Jews are Israelites. Okay, let's continue. Next uh, next entry here. Edom, Idumea, country in southeast Palestine. Actually, it should be southwest because Edom was always to the southwest of Judah. But again, this is, oh, well, this is the Jewish encyclopedia. <laughs> so uh, they, they, they don't know the difference between east and west. Called Mount Seir. Its terrain was mountainous and easily fortified, and its land was fertile. Elay S of the Dead Sea. Oh, E, it probably is short for Edom. Edom lay south of the Dead Sea and bordered on the Red Sea at Elath. And Ezion Geber. The Edomites were of, well, it says here, of course, this is a Jewish encyclopedia. It says of Semitic origin. Of course, we know that the Edomites were not of Semitic origin. Traditionally, descendants of Esau. There you go. <laughs> a partial truth spoken. And that's better than nothing from a Jew. And they lived by hunting, not by farming. They dispossessed the Horite inhabitants of Seir and organized themselves along the tribal lines headed by the chieftain called Aluf. I guess their name for chieftain was Aluf. Later consolidating, I wonder if that's where the word Allah comes from. <laughs> Later consolidating into a monarchy. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think the Idumeans were that well organized. The only thing I would say is that Antipater was probably a very, very rich merchant. Merchant. And typically, the Jews always surround themselves, or these rich merchants are surrounded by the lesser Jews. Put it that way, okay? Not by monarchs. They had chieftains. The Edomites were traditional enemies of the Israelites. Yes, amen. They fought Saul and were defeated by David, who partly annexed the land. The Edomites regained their independence during the reign of Jehoram, but the wars between the two states were frequent. In the 8th century BC, the Edomites became vassals of Assyria. At the time of the destruction of the first temple, they plundered and looted in association with the Babylonians, and being driven out from Seir by the Nabataeans, occupied southern Judah during or after the period of the exile. So this confirms what we have been saying, that the Babylonians and the Edomites together attacked the Judahites, especially after the return from the Babylonian captivity. The Edomites were conquered by John Hyrcanus, who forcibly converted them to, well, Judaism is correct, because there was no religion called Judaism in the Old Testament. Yes, he forcibly converted them to Judaism. Judaism is the religion of the Pharisees, not of the Judahites. And from then on, they constituted a part of the Judean people, Herod being one of their descendants. Now let's take a look at this from the point of view of the Jewish people. This, it is, is admitting that non-Israelites can become Jews. Not so? This whole paragraph admits that non-Israelites can become Jews. That is not saying that non-Israelites can become Israelites. 
All right, so here we have proof from their own lips that they are a mixed-race people, which Israelites cannot be, which Judahites cannot be. And so this is from the Standard Jewish Encyclopedia, Cecil Roth, Editor-in-Chief, by Roth Cecil, 1899-1907, publication date 1962. And the website has an insert of the page from which it was quoted. All right? So this is good stuff. It's loaded. It's loaded with hyperlinks that you can click on and go to various different pages for verification. So this is really well done. Really well done. Okay, the 1901 Jewish Encyclopedia Complete, pages 40-41, which is giving us a link here. Let me open this link up and see what it says, because it's not told us. Okay, this there's a, a West Internet Archive error, so it's not taking me there like I was hoping. So we'll have to skip that. So, uh, this particular link uh, isn't working. Now let's see if I can get back to where I, <laughs> I started from. All right. Right back where I came, said the doors. All right. Looks like, okay, sorry, I lost my link. When I clicked on and tried to get back, I couldn't get back. So I'll have to uh, start over. I'll just click on the link that I sent to Pastor Martin's and get that get that going again and cuz uh David and I were going to discuss this page today after getting clear on who the two <laughs> getting the two races clear all right okay oh all right so I'm not finding it in uh in this link either so I'm just going to have to go back to the chat room, scroll up and click on the link that I had posted for you all there. All right, wait a minute. There it is. <laughs> okay. All right, very good. So I'm going to have to scroll down to where I left off, and I won't be clicking on any more hyperlinks in this article. All right. But you can do that on your own. Hopefully you don't get a virus. All right, so, so we see that the Jews in their various encyclopedias do admit to a lot of things, unintentionally, of course. All right. So anyway, here's the next major quote. Volume 9, the Jewish Encyclopedia, Dreyfus. Okay, the, no, that's not here. Okay, they're making the quote first. Here we go. Quote, strictly speaking, it is incorrect to call an ancient Israelite a Jew or to call a contemporary Jew an Israelite or a Hebrew. Now that is absolutely 100%, 1,000% correct. And this is by Richard Siegel and Carl Rhines, editors of the article entitled Identity Crisis in the Jewish Almanac, New York, New York, Bantam Books, 1980, page 3. And they have an inset of the article on the page. And you can show this to all of your Judeo-Christian friends who don't want to believe that the Jews are not Israel. Now to Scripture. Now these are the generations of Esau, who is Edom. Esau took his wives of the daughters of Canaan, Ada, the daughter of Elon, the Hittite, and Aholibama, the daughter of Ana, the daughter of Zibion, the Hivite. And Bashamath, Ishmael's daughter, sister of Nebaioth. And Ada bare to Esau Eliphaz, and Bashamath bore Ruel, and Aholibama bare Jeush, and Jalem, and Korah. Again, the Edomites and the Kenites always take names that are very similar to those of the Israelites and the Adamites, just to confuse things. These are the sons of Esau, 
which were born unto him in the land of Canaan. And Esau took his wives and his sons and his daughters and all the persons of his house and his cattle and all his beasts and all his substance, which he had gotten in the land of Canaan, and went into the country from the face of his brother Jacob. For their riches were more than they could might dwell together. And the land wherein they were strangers could not bear them because of their cattle. Thus dwelt Esau in Mount Seir. Esau is Edom. Okay, that's the Bible, folks. I believe this is chapter, yeah, it's chapter 36. Verse 9 now. And these are the generations of Esau, the father of the Edomites in Mount Seir. These are the names of Esau's sons. Eliphaz, the son of Ada, the wife of Esau. Ruel, the son of Bashamath, the wife of Esau. And the sons of Eliphaz were Timon, Omar, Zepho, and Gatam. Uh, remember Zepho Marks, folks? He's named after Zepho, the, the Edomite. And Kenaz. And here again, we see there are similar names, Kenaz, because there's a Kenaz in the line of Seth as well. And Timnah was concubine to Eliphaz, Esau's son. And she bare Eliphaz, Amalek. So we know the Jews are Amalekites. These were the sons of Ada, Esau's wife. And these are the sons of Ruel, Nahath and Zerah. Here we are, Zerah, similar to, of course, Zerah Judah. Shammah and Mizah. These were the sons of Bashamath, Esau's wife. So we're given their families and their tribes very Precisely in Genesis chapters 36, verses 1 through 13. And now quoting from verses 19 through 21. These are the sons of Esau, who is Edom. And these are their dukes. These are the sons of Seir, the Horites, who inhabited the land. Lotan and Shobal and Zibion and Anna, or Anna, A-N-A-H, which is reminiscent of the word Anakim, or Anak, and Dishon, and Ezer, and Dishan. These are the dukes of the Horites, the children of Seir, in the land of Edom. So we have a direct connection between the Horites and Edomites. And they have an insert here. The descendants of Esau are today known as Edom. They lived in Mount Seir. They are made up of Hittites, Hivites, Korahites, Canaanites, Kenites, Kenizzites, Amalekites, and Horites. So, Korah, Korahites, Korites. Korah, Korites, Korites, meaning bald. I guess the, uh, the mountaintops of their hills were pretty much bald. The son of Esau, by Aholibama, the daughter of Anna, the son of Zibion, the Hivite, Genesis 36.5. So we can see uh, that Esau married into these tribes previously known as Canaanites. And they became known as Edomites by the mere fact that their ancestor was Esau. Quoting again, Esau went away to Mount Seir to the south of the Promised Land and his descendants were called Edomites from his name, meaning the red. And so too, the sea which was washed, which washed their shores to the name of the Sea of Edom or the Red Sea. They were also named Kenites from his son, namely Kenaz. Kenaz, their country, afterwards called Idumea, was full of rocks and precipices, and these Edomites hollowed out caves for themselves. So it's not likely they were able to practice farming <laughs> in, in territory like this. And that is from The Chosen People by Charlotte Mary Young, Y-O-N-G-E. So if you do your research, you will get tons of admissions from the Jews that they originate in Edom. Now, it's, of course, also true that modern Jews don't know any of this. <laughs> they don't know any of this. They're just told by their rabbis that they're Israelites. 
And of course, Jews read less of the Bible than Judeo-Christians even do. So we are trying to expose all of the false teaching contained in the Judeo churches and contained in Judaism. So here is another entry, quote, an ancient people of Canaan whose land God promised to the descendants of Abraham, Genesis fifteen nineteen. They appear to have mingled with other Canaanites and lost their distinctive name before the time of Joshua. Okay, referring to the word Edom. I think that's what it's referring to. Maybe it's Kenaz. They should be distinguished from the Kenazites, the children of Kenaz. Two men so named are mentioned in Bible history, both subsequent to the Kenazites. Again, Genesis thirty-six fifteen. Yeah, so it has to be Esau that we're talking about. And this is from the ATS Bible Dictionary. And the the article is linked there, topbiblehub.com, kenazites.html. Okay, this is Kenazite, Kenazites patronymic from Kenaz. A Kenazite or descendant of Kenaz, Strong's Hebrew. Let's continue. Quote, the Kenites are supposed to save with the Midianites by comparing Exodus 3.1 with Judges 1.16 See also Numbers 24-21, 1 Samuel 15-16. There was, okay, this, we have discussed this on previous occasions. There is confusion because many of the Midianites were, in fact, metalsmiths. And the word Kenite also means metalsmith. The Midianites were metalsmiths. And so many Bible scholars confused the Kenites with the Midianites for this reason. So this is inaccurate. This is inaccurate. There were many... The Midianites were Shemites. They were the descendants of Abraham and Keturah. All you have to do is look up their genealogy. They were not descendants of Cain. All right, let's continue. Next entry. The Kenites thought to be the Idumeans who sprung from Kenaz of Esau's race. Matthew Poole's Commentary. More. The Kenazites are supposed by some to be the descendants of Kenaz, a grandson of Esau, Genesis 36.11. But then they must be so called here by anticipation, since Kenaz was not now born, and rather than would have had the name Kenazites, besides None of the land of the children of Esau, at least of those that dwelt at Mount Seir, was to be given to the children of Israel. That's, of course, correct, right? <laughs> Deuteronomy 1.5. Could indeed the Edomites or Idumeans be intended? It might be thought this had its accomplishment in the times of David, and more especially when the Idumeans became Judeans, embraced their religion falsely, and were one people with them. No, they just inhabited the same territory. They remained enemies. In the times of Hyrcanus, the Cadmonites or the Orientals were, as Bochart very probably thinks, the Hivites, who inhabited the eastern part of the land of Canaan about Mount Hermon. There you go, there's Mount Hermon again. And from thence might have their name, as they are in the Jerusalem Targum called the Children of the East, and hence came the names of Cadmus and Hermione, his wife, who were Hivites, and the fable of their being turned into serpents, <laughs> which the word Hivites signifies. Good stuff. This is from Gill's exposition of the entire Bible. And of course, we know that these terms, all these different terms for the various tribes of Canaanites, very little is known about the origin of these various tribes and the derivation of the names. All right, But uh, so far, so good. Gill's exposition of the word Kenaz and Kenazite uh, looks really good. Next entry. The Edomite element in Judah was stronger than the Kenite. Uh, all right, uh, there was no 
Edomite element in Judah. There was in Judea, right? Again, the commentaries on the Bible fail to distinguish between Jews and Judahites. This is a failing of 99% of all scholarship, including, including Bible scholarship. Let's start again. The Edomite element in Judea was stronger than the Kenite. It consisted of the two clans of Jeremiel and Kenites, or the house of Caleb, as it was called in the time of David. Kenaz was a grandson of Esau, and the fact that the Kenazites shared with the Israelites in the conquest of Cain throws light on the law of Deuteronomy, which gave the Edomite of the third generation all the all the rights and privileges of a Jew. Okay, I'm going to have to... I don't think so. Deuteronomy chapter 5 does not give Edomites the rights of Israelites. Again, I think they're confusing uh, the word Kenite with with metalsmith. And there was, uh, Caleb was a Judahite, not an Edomite. Caleb was of the tribe of Judah. Okay. Caleb, the conqueror of Hebron, was not a Kenazite. Uh, so this is the false information here by Archibald Sace, whoever he is. Okay, again, you have to really do your word studies to get these things correct. And scripture continued, Thou hast indeed smitten Edom, Second Kings 16.10. In his days the Edomites revolted from under the dominion of Judah. While we were supposed to exterminate them or drive them out completely, which we didn't do, we allowed them to hang around and cause trouble, which they caused plenty of trouble, extermination-style trouble, and made themselves a king. Then Jehoram went forth with his princes and all his chariots with him, and he rose up by night and smote the Edomites which comp- compassed him in, and the captains of the chariots, Second Chronicles 21, verses 8-9. through nine. Moab is my washpot. Over Edom will I cast out my shoe. Psalm 60, verse 8. Again, there's, there's no kind words spoken of Edomites in the Bible. Not one. There's one mis- mistranslation. I believe it's Deuteronomy 23, 2, I think it is. or In that chapter where... The word Aramean, Aramean is falsely translated as Edomite. Okay. Next. Who is this that cometh from Edom with dyed garments from Basra? This that is glorious in his apparel, traveling in the greatness of his strength. I that speak in righteousness, mighty to save. So it's telling us that the Edomites had become very rich through trading, right? And uh, we know Jews like to dress up. <laughs> right? They like to imitate us in our dress as well. Wherever they travel, they imitate the native dress of the people. Wherefore art thou red in thine apparel, and thy garments like him that treadeth in the wine fat? I have trodden the winepress alone, and it's Manashevet's wine, and of the people there was none with me, for I will tread them in mine anger, and trample them in my fury. And their blood shall be sprinkled upon my garments, and I will stain all my raiment. For the day of vengeance is in mine heart, and the year of my redeemed is come. And I looked, and there was none to help, and I wondered that there was none to uphold. Therefore mine own arm brought salvation unto me, and my fury it upheld me. And I will tread down the people in mine anger, and make them drunk in my fury. And I will bring down their strength to the earth. Isaiah 63, verses 1 through 6. With about four minutes left. And I will lay my vengeance upon Edom by the hand of my people Israel. And they shall do in Edom according to mine anger and according to my fury. And they shall know my vengeance, saith Yahweh Elohim. Ezekiel twenty-five thirteen. Egypt shall be a desolation, and Edom shall be a desolate wilderness, for the violence against the children of Judah, 
because they have shed innocent blood in the land. And that is the correct translation, the children of Judah, not the Jews. And the house of Jacob shall be a fire. That's worth quoting again. And the house of Joseph a flame. And the house of Esau for stubble. And they shall kindle in them and devour them. And there shall not be anything remaining of the house of Esau. For Yahweh has spoken it. Obadiah 1.18 From Malachi. The burden of the word of Yahweh to Israel by Malachi. I have loved you, saith Yahweh. Yet say ye, wherein hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother? A lot of uh, Judeo-Christians are saying, wasn't Esau Jacob's brother? Aren't we supposed to love our brothers? (laughs) Saith Yahweh, yet I loved Jacob and I hated Esau. Even Yahweh hates. So did the Old Testament prophets. So did Yahshua. He hated those Edomite bakers. He hated those Pharisees. He had no love for them. Yet I loved Jacob and I hated Esau and laid his mountains and his heritage waste for the dragons of the wilderness. Whereas Edom saith, We are impoverished, but we will return and build the desolate places. Thus saith Yahweh of hosts, They shall build, but I will throw down, and they shall call them the border of wickedness, and the people against whom Yahweh hath indignation forever. Isn't this prophesying the fate of the Jews in medieval Europe? The number of times they had come in impoverished. Please take us in. We're the poor persecuted Jews. Nobody likes us. We have been falsely thrown out of another country. And then they get thrown out again because they're such a blessing. And that's, of course, Malachi 1, verses 1 through 4. So virtually every book in Scripture has a condemnation of Jewry. Yet the average Christian knows nothing about this. And in Romans, because Paul understood this too, as it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau have I hated. And Paul totally upholds the teaching that these Edomites deserve death. One more here from Hebrews 12. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see Yahweh, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled, lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For ye know that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, and he found no place of repentance. Amen, folks. The New Testament teaches exactly the same thing as the Old Testament. Thanks for listening. Praise Yahweh. Pass the ammunition. See you all next time. Have a great day. Be merry. Bye-bye.